Hey, what's up, Vision Pros? Welcome in to Vision Pros Live. I'm your host, Jackson Callum, CEO and founder of First Class Business. Super happy to be here today. We've had an excellent week. In fact, this podcast you know, is really taking off. Uh, super happy to have Pua yesterday. I'm going to highlight her again from Rebel Media because she was just so awesome and was like, Jackson, this is the best podcast we've ever seen. And I know there's plenty of great podcasts out there and lots of people who are doing more than we are, but we are certainly excited to continue to build and provide more value for you. So if you have any feedback for us, anything that we want that you want to see, anything that we can do better for you, please let us know. Because after every episode, we discuss as a team, how can we make this an even better experience for the entrepreneurs that we're serving? You know, what types of people can we bring on the show? What types of giveaways can we do? What types of content do we need to be providing to make sure that you get the most out of this experience? So don't hesitate to comment with that. Doesn't matter how good, bad, or ugly your comments are, they really mean a lot to us. And so we would love to serve you best. With that said, a quick shout out to our sponsors, ablehealth.us. Um, if you're looking for help with living your healthiest life, go check out ablehealth.us and see what we're building over there with that program. And Epiphany as well. Epiphany from Rick Meekins, great friend of mine, great with business processes. If your business is doing you know, more than 5 million per year, I highly recommend checking out what Rick's up to with building process and procedures. He does excellent proposals at very high levels, um, very in-depth, and he's just got decades and decades of wisdom for helping businesses scale um, at super high levels. Also, make sure to be giving back in the world. We love to give back to the Water Project. It's an awesome opportunity to help people get access to clean drinking water. doesn't hurt to give a dollar that you have to the people who need it most in life. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Heather Hargrove. Heather and I met at the Kajabi event. Kajabi does learning management systems and courses. And we actually randomly sat at the same table together. I got to meet her, I got to meet Evolve, I got to meet Marusha, um, and we all collaborated together to provide some feedback for Kajabi. And she was just like on fire with the type of feedback that she gave. She does systems and processes as well. And she has quite an awesome funnel to opt into to get your eight emails. It's eight emails that help you fully automate your business. Um, and so it's definitely worth checking out. We're going to talk about why in just a minute. So let's get Heather on stage. And Heather, thank you so much for being here today. I'm, I'm happy to reconnect with you. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to it. Once it popped up, I was like, yes, we're going to talk some more and geek out, which is always fun. Ooh. It's like my favorite pastime. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I always say this is like video game time for me. Like this, you know, <laughs> being able to interact with my, my friends who mm -hmm. are building stuff. The cool thing is we just get paid to do it. Yes. Right. So that's so like being paid to build a board game, so to speak, because you're creating the rules, you're creating the processes, mm -hmm. you know, of, of what your life is going to be like and what others lives, you know, are going to unfold like. So it's, it's a lot of fun. What things make this fun for you? I'm just curious. Uh, I'm a back end geek, like a hundred percent. It's so weird. Like you have your front end, you have your front end warriors, right? Like that's what I call them, like the front end warriors. So like I can be on camera all day. I can show up on social and I just have it. For me with my PTSD from the military, I was like, I like, I'm a back end person. I like to just sit there on a Friday night and like, I'll have a show that I watched hundreds of times. Right now I'm watching friends again for like, I don't even know the number of time, but I'll just have that going. And I, I like to create. And when I'm creating stuff in the back end, just like testing to see what I can get the technology to do. How can I think of like other things that maybe I'm not using yet and just really looking at the touch point. So for me, that's like, that's my fun time. And I even geek out on it with my, with my kids. It's so great. I love it. And that that's the, some books call it like rocket fuel calls it the integrator visionary mm -hmm. relationship, right? There's a visionary who doesn't want to have anything to do with that sometimes, yep. right? But they still need an integrator in order to operate the business and make sure that things are being built correctly. And 
while you may not speak that language, it's so important to learn the language, learn it enough to where you can delegate that responsibly as a visionary. So that's a big reason why I was excited to have Heather come on, because I know a lot of you want to hide from these processes. You want to pull your hair out. You want to say, man, I don't really want to get into all that. The problem is, if you don't, then you're not going to build an effective bridge for people to find the value of your island of a business with all the other businesses out there that do have lots of effective bridges in place already. So you really need it. So Heather, I want to make sure that we really highlight to who, if, if there's one person listening or a number of people listening, why should they listen? What is it that you're going to bring a value on this on this session that they need to hear? Yeah, 100%. So first of all, just so you know, and I think this is the most beneficial part is to understand that I believe in a world where technology is a conduit to liberation and not a barrier to progress. Technology is a conduit to liberation. So what Mm -hmm. I heard there um, is that the programs, the things we have to use on the internet is a pipeline, so to speak. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the mechanism that gets us to freedom Yes. Um, for those who I'm, I like my words, the ones I use are pretty small, my friend. Um, (laughs) No, I get it. But, um, and it's true. And what I've noticed in, in my time in the online space is the amount of people especially if you're starting out, it's, it's envisioning what your business looks like five, 10 years down the road, right? It's really taking a look at what are, what's the life that you're living and how do we create it in a way where you get to live your life while you grow your business Mm -hmm. and you're not burning yourself out and you get to serve at scale, but you're not exhausted and you're not, you know, the, the people that we see on a regular basis where we're like, Ooh, what happened to that person? And then we looked, we looked them up and they quit their, their coaching business or they quit their business because they were like, I just couldn't do it. I was working all the time. And I'm like, you don't have to work all the time. Right. You don't have to. But they think they do and they're they stuck do. on that and you yes. nailed it. And Jaime, can you pull up the website? Because I love your first question. It also really highlights the type of person that, you know, you're, you're striving to find out there. And so, mm-hmm. Ultimately, if you're in a position where you're ready to automate, you're ready to scale, and you really want to fall in love with your business again, I cannot, I cannot stress enough. If you don't know what this means, be prepared to go through the process of losing sight of the importance of your business towards your life and getting sucked in to a cyclone where you, where you do lose sight. This again word, um, it, it's so powerful. It's so important. The, I know people who are ready get it. Right? People who've been through the three to five year struggle of a business. They, they don't quite understand what this means mm-hmm. and they may not appreciate the value of the wisdom you're throwing down by asking this question. But when you get caught up in the monotony and the day to day and feeling like you have to do everything, it's so easy to lose sight of why you loved your business, why you started to begin with and what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're, you know, you're ultimately a key to helping people get back on track. What does that look like? It's really taking a hard look at what it is that you're doing on a constant basis and really honing in on what are we doing to within our business that we're showing up because we feel like we need to over deliver because we don't have those systems and processes in place. Mm -hmm. Because when you don't have certain things put in place, you're automatically showing up even more. You're like, this isn't working right. And I got to do more and I have to do more and I have to feel Like I'm just serving so much more when in fact, they don't need you to serve more. They just need you to think a little bit about their customer journey ahead of time and just create a flow that takes them on that path without you having to be present. And they're still going to feel like you're there all the time. And it's that over deliver mentality that really starts to make people exhausted 
because they're, they're overcompensating for what they feel like they're lacking. And it's what I call that I'm official feeling. When you start to create certain things in your business, all of a sudden you show up and you're like, I'm official. It's great. I can charge more. I can do this and do that. And until you start implementing things like an owner in mm. a business, you, you you don't have that feeling and you just tend to want to do more work, which you don't need to be doing. Shifting from operator mentality, mm-hmm. right, where I'm the one that has to do everything to that ownership mentality where you own it, but you don't necessarily have to be in it or or with it. Um, it just happens to be yours. Um, I, I love that. And so with your with your personality, it's interesting because you when at the conference, at least you're mm-hmm. out there, you're like ready yeah. to talk, you know, you're, you're ready to get after it. And at the same time, you're not hasty. And that's something that's very interesting to me. You are a meditator. You're, you're a ponderer. You know, mm-hmm. you don't get to these deep realities without having a, a set of patience built into you, you know, to really dive in dip, into the depths of concepts. So uh, have you, which did you gravitate towards one or the other when you were younger? Or, uh, you know, have you always had that balance of depth with, well, let's go. Right. Um, no, when I was younger, I didn't really think about, so I just dove right in. I think it oh, was sure. after um, being in the military, a lot of it happened with the transition and seeing like the thought process behind the things that you're doing within you know, service. Like I deployed twice. I was in a war. Like there were so many different things that happened. And from there, I really was able to see how stepping back and thinking about the picture as a whole and taking my time to really evaluate the possibilities. So that way I can make an informed decision. So I can try to predict a thing that may go wrong. And it just really meshed well when I got into business. And even when I was in the corporate world, like I've was in the corporate world for over two decades. And it was just something that like little by little, I was just able to like sit back and be like, why are we doing it this way? Does this even make sense? How about we alleviate this and we combine this and then we can work better. And then when I went out on my own, I was like, oh, like there's even more you can do with that. And when you have the ability to create a business with the way that you want to, with all the tools that are out there, instead of trying to take it up the corporate ladder and being like, hey, let's do that, Mm. you can move in a direction that always feels good. And if it doesn't feel good, I am the first person to say, try it. If it's not working, get rid of it as soon as possible. But the fact is, try it, give it a go. And what feels good, go deeper and further. What doesn't feel good, alleviate and call it a day. That's profound. There's a lot of profound topics we're going to dive into about what just (laughs) happened. First things first, Mm -hmm. thank you for your service. Seriously, it means a lot. I'm just a civilian, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and when I say that, not to disrespect us civilians, but uh, the the sacrifices that you go through, um, you know, the things that you do um, to to make sure that we were safe and provided for, um, it it means a lot. Um, And that military background, um, it's, it's an interesting one because it, it, it sounds like it gave you the evaluation. I can see how it would have a profound effect on comprehension analysis, right. And giving you the gift of giving the gift of the opportunity to learn it. Not that everybody learns it by going to that experience, but you really seem to have honed that, um, where again, you're going into a situation where you might die, you know, where the decision matters a lot, um, mm-hmm. you know, to the point of death. And so you have to consider what should my moves be, um, before you make them and your training, daily, monthly, weekly, however much it was. Um, but you were training your mind 
for that reality. Um, and then you've been able to take that skill set, you applied it to corporate. What I find interesting about you, Heather, is that um, a lot of my military friends um, that I've or people that I've talked to who've been in the military, they sometimes struggle to come back and transition to society, um, you know, and get a corporate job or becoming an entrepreneur, many different reasons involved. But one of the ones that I've seen as common is they, one, they either fall into line, they need that that structure of somebody to guide them, or they are sick of it. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want anybody to tell them what to do anymore. Um, you know, and uh, so you were there in corporate and it sounds like you were making waves, you know, like by saying, hey, why are we doing it this way? You're willing to go against the system mm-hmm. and you're able to also figure out that, you know what, I'm probably going to be more effective at this on my own, but there's some like depths of leadership. I hear you're not like mad about it. You're not like, you know, talking bad about the corporate experience. There's just some type of like abundance about you. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through that? How did you get there? Uh, just at sometimes I feel like it was, oh, but no choice, right? Like you live in a world and you, you get, I got out of the military experience and I just started maneuvering through and I found what I enjoyed, right? There's like little pieces of different things. And I like to see the beauty and like you, when you show up, you're like, what am I enjoying today? What were some of those? Oh, customer experience, huge customer experience, customer journey is always one. And I, I spent four years um, working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car was one okay. of them, and they're huge on it. And with them, it was seeing the way that they empowered management and even the employees to be able to help out with the customer experience and the customer journey without having to go and being like, hey, this person had a bad experience. Can I do this? That you can take it upon yourself and just make the decision to support the cause and to create this experience for them. And then when I went into education, um, while I was working on my master's degree, I was um, I went into and I was helping people enroll in education. And from there, there's a, a space of time between when you sign up to when you start. And this is like with most coaching programs, right? Like where people, when people sign up to when they start, like depending on when it goes, but it was interesting because once they sign up until they start, there's this time period. And it's like, how do we create this experience? And it was just being able to touch those lives and keep them excited about the prospect of what they chose to enroll in and how like those systems would be put in place and the same thing. So then from there, I went to like logistics and it's like, I was in, um, over the road logistics. So when you're driving by and you see those trucks on the road and they're just shipping, right? Everything from containers on the water to trucks over the road. And you're literally selling to a customer over and over and over and over again. Because once they're your customer, that doesn't mean that they're going to ship their next shipment with you. So you have to provide value, customer service, support communication. And it was just something about the feeling of providing that value that always excited me. And what I like to have it roll over to was then the value of how are we supporting people that work with us? Like, why is it only customer centric? How are, how are we providing support, direction, onboarding, like for the people that are working within the organization too? And that's when I started to play with how is the organization set up? What are we doing that doesn't make sense? How do we have these different locations talk to each other and communicate? And from there, once I started on my own, seeing like all the underuse, like we weren't using a lot of the technology that was available because corporate America doesn't. It's just, they don't do it a majority of the time. And when I saw that, what, like what the options were, I was like, man, the creativity and the opportunities, like instead of making people work more, I never understood why we didn't utilize technology to help our people work less within corporate America. So that was really a big thing. I was like, Cause that was even in the military where things didn't make sense where they're like, we want you 
in the motor pool, which I was a mechanic. Yes, I was. Um, so when, when we're in the motor pool, we're like, we want you in here, even if you're not doing anything, just because. And right. to me, I'm like, that does not make sense. Like, well, there's going to be times where we have to stay late. And we have to do things longer. Why not on the opportunities where we don't, you tell us to go live our best lives or leave for two hours and then come back or whatever it is. So I just started to know that notice that there was these like little things and just the opportunity to like help people each day. Like, how can I serve? How can I help you? Whether it's a customer or somebody that I was working with, that's what really, cause it was all about just helping. And it was the same thing just kept going over. And as long as I was able to do that, it was exciting for me each day. It was the days when I couldn't help when I felt like things were off and like everything went awry that I was like, man, like what could we have done different? That would have made this whole much better. Right. I love that. And, and so you have this appreciation for the good that's there. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the appreciation for the opportunity to optimize it. Um, And you also seem to communicate that much better than I did 12 years ago when I was starting to (laughs) really open my mouth too much about things. So good for you. Um, I've got, I've got goals. <laughs> so the um Jaime's like please Jackson like take some notes man be nicer um about your about your feedback um so the um all right so we we covered a lot of the learning experience on that and it sounds again like the uh so the opportunity is let's utilize technology in order to improve lives mm-hmm. not in order to get in the way yeah. of the lives and that's what often happens with technology um it gets implemented in a way where it's interrupting the consumer experience um, and the humanity rather than contributing to pulling the humanity together. I would say StreamYard's an example of pulling humanity together in a great way, Um, right? So here we are able to produce this podcast, able to get out there, able to connect with each other. um, And it's actually quite easy to set up, um, you know? And so it's it's one of those opportunities where it's like the technology has empowered us to make friends Mm -hmm. throughout the world um, in a way that that streamlines uh, a process that while it's not in person, it's as close to in person as you know I've ever experienced. Yeah. Um, so you're you're looking at these systems, tools, opportunities for business owners to say, okay, where can we eliminate some of the friction um, that exists in these processes so that people have a smooth process of moving forward? And I absolutely love that. Shifting gears, mm-hmm. corporate to business ownership, that's a big jump for people. Um, you know, it's like, whoa, you go from enterprise, uh, you know, to uh, and, and renting cars out to people to the pathway that got you to where you got to. But let's skip right to the doubts, fears or certainty that you had um, with going into entrepreneurship and making that jump as a visionary to, you know what? And did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Did you call yourself a business owner? Did you call yourself a freelancer? You know, I, I went through a whole series of titles before I finally accepted the entrepreneurship one. <laughs> Oh, my journey is so funny. And you're going to be like, Heather, I thought you were more calculated than that. And you like, you actually took time to sit back. Um, What had happened was um, I never thought about being an entrepreneur. It was not in my family. I thought I was going to grow in corporate America. I envisioned myself being CEO of some big corporation. Like I was going to be in charge of something. It was fine. It would have happened. Um, However, um, I would, I happened to be in Nashville And I was at the Gaylord in Nashville and I think it was 2018, 2019, something along that line. And Funnel Hacking Live was there. And I was there for a whole different conference. And so I'm hearing all these crazy people screaming um, and I'm like, what is going (laughs) on? So I go and talk to them. um, 
and I talked to a couple people. So then I made the mistake of going back to my room and Googling and Russell Brunson told me I could take over the world. So yeah. <laughs> I had never really been with the in- potato gun. Correct. I know. (laughs) It's funny, like you get to know all the stories, but technology was not my jam. Like I joined Facebook because my parents did when I had kids, because that was an easier way for me to update them with what was going on. Absolutely. We weren't really using email autoresponders. And the only thing I thought about websites was you needed to know how to code. And I'm like, not happening. That's not my jam. So although I do tech, Mm -hmm. I don't code. Right. But for me, seeing the possibility of being able to create your business online without having to have a huge team and pay a bunch of people to like do all like for me it was like that was the initial part so I'm like to start that part and I was like okay let me figure it out so I googled it two months later quit my job single parent of two you know two kids at the time quit my job Drain my 401k. I had no idea what people were going to want to pay me for in my own business. I just started going and I was learning. And I was like, I just don't want to work 24-7 anymore. I don't want to be sitting at a tiny at a table with my kids trying to eat, you know, dinner and have to take a work call. Like I don't want to miss things anymore. I want my own life. I want to create something where I can be home and I can do things that I enjoy and not like all the others. Like, right. So did that. Then went to Funnel Hacking Live as a participant a year later, and then COVID just like destroyed the world. We were like, mm-hmm. everything paused. The weird thing was that was perfect timing um, because was. everybody was then going online. And I just kept seeing what, once again, what feels good, I did more of that. And what didn't feel good, I did less of that. And then I just kept investing in myself and being like, how do I create something? And little by little, I was like, oh, like I'm really good at this. Like I taught myself in a span of not even a year, like everything from like many chats, Zapier, click funnels, lead pages, Kajabi. Um, and then like, there's so much more like, like group convert, all the other different things, like any platform that's a SaaS platform. I'm like, if it's a SaaS, it's fine. I can work it. Um, yeah. And then from there, it was just opting into people's stuff, like seven and eight figure business owners. And really seeing the journey that they take people on. And I'm like, oh, like I see the touch points. I see the things. Like I know why you do this. And sometimes I even send them unsolicited advice. I'm like, hey, this thing is broken. (laughs) Can you fix it? Um, But, and then I realized like while hanging around with other coaches and course creators that were not in that realm, I'm like, they're once again, the visionaries, they're great at what they do. This piece, they don't even know about it. Like they they don't see the same stuff that I see. So like for me, I was just able to put it together. And then next thing you know, that's what I was doing. I was like, I love this. I could do this all day. Like I, getting on my tech calls with my clients where we're like getting in there and like connecting that, oh, like energy just, it just that. lights me up. Yeah. And then next thing you know, my eight-year-old is building a Wix website writing out email. Like, I'm like, I'm teaching them all. And they're like, mom, this is great. And I'm like, I know it's awesome. But I had no, no clue until it happened. Right. And school didn't know how to teach us these things. Um, People say these things aren't taught in school and they get all feisty about it. And it's like, well, no, duh. Like they, there's a lot of fundamentals of life, you know, that they're trying to establish and core curriculums. And, you know, they're, they're not, making money um mm-hmm. the way that we might think they are i guess um and all these these teachers to to figure everything out um so if we're not 
we're not educating our children about the opportunities that exist that are on the forefront. Um, right. That we're, we're the pioneers as parents to figure that out. So it's so mm -hmm. cool that you're incorporating. I was just talking to somebody about how finally I'm paying attention to chat GPT, um, at a bigger level. And I'm so surprised I'm saying that on this podcast because I'm, I'm like, like, I'm no, judging you. I'm, I'm judging you it. a little bit right now. I love uh, chat GPT. Well, see, and it. I was, I, I don't like fads. And so yeah. last year I started playing with it and I was like, this is pretty awesome, you know, yeah. and I, but I, I don't want to get distracted. I'm productive. Yeah. That's why I'm profitable. Right. I, I need to stay in productivity yeah. mode. So I learned about enough to, to, and I started seeing news on about like crazy, like stupid fad. Um, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. listen to mainstream news very carefully, um, but it stayed around so long. Um, and then Charlie Chang at the Kajabi event, he mm -hmm. was there and, and all of a sudden he pops up on my YouTube while I'm watching something about podcasting. Um, <laughs> and he's talking about 15 tips of how to use chat GPT and kind of blew my mind. Yeah. This is oh, happened yeah. two nights ago. Um, and so I sent, I sent it all to my, my, uh, team and I said, okay, guys, you guys need to really start paying attention to chat GPT. How it can help yeah. us with translation and, and this and that and the other. Um, but you, you know, like you, what you're doing with your kids, um, again, just, just, um, doubling down on that for the parents who are listening, you know, like I'm going to be talking to my kids about chat GPT, um, you know, and, and let him like, let him play with it and see how this thing is going to incorporate like into their lives because, it's like the internet itself. Mm -hmm. um, and if they get ahead of that curve, like you have with SaaS companies, you know, and, yeah. and your, your different systems, then you become an, an intrinsic value in terms of your skills and services beyond just the fact that you're a human being. Like now you've got an unfair advantage of the market. So thank you for bringing that up. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because usually I always call myself like um, I was never an early adapter. Like when it comes to things I'm like iPhones, don't I'm not standing in line for it. And all the other things like when NFTs happen and all that, like I waited. I was like, I did not get into that. I know what it is. I understand it. Yeah. Couldn't get into it. Um, But for some reason, as soon as I started seeing stuff with ChatGPT, I was like, ooh, because I know what slows me down. And here's the thing with that. So for you, that would have been a distraction. For me, it was an accelerant. Exactly. And yeah, but then there's also other platforms that do it. So what I noticed, so um, when we were in Austin, I had two events. And so after I left Kajabi, I went to the, the event that I'm going to mastermind with to their live event. And we had the CMO of Jasper there. Amazing conversation going over AI and everything like that. And I legit went up to him and I was like, and I'm, once again, everyone has a different user experience preference. So mm -hmm. the way that you pick a platform is based off of how you like to work, how your mind works, your user experience. Yep. They all do the same thing. They're just a little bit different. And I went up to him and I was like, um, tried Jasper years ago, didn't like it, hate the user experience. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I even after he was talking about Good what they you. were implementing with it, um, I was like, let me give it another go and got in the free trial. And I was like, no, like for me, chat GBT is the quickest way to just ask it a question, get feedback and get information without having to go down like a seven day rabbit hole of trying to figure out how to use the, like how to really make the most of it. Right. Yeah. And yeah, like the beauty of it is like what, what you can create with it. Oh, and then with the plugins, there's like 49 pages of plugins on that sucker right now, which is crazy mm -hmm. because about a month ago, there was only like 16 pages. Well, that's what's cool about too, about what I love about your skill set and how you approach it is you seem to be very system agnostic. Um, and, you know, you're looking for the best tools mm -hmm. for, the, you know, the sake of the people that you serve. And I have the same style of approach. It's like, I love Kajabi. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. I love it. I love it now with the culture. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I want this company to win. Yeah. And at the same time, 
it's business that's not personal. If they yeah. get behind the times, if they're not using what they need to, we're going to move to the platforms that are necessary to, again, further connect humanity with what we're doing. And that's not a threat. That's a reality. Uh, we need to be moving towards what is optimized for everybody's greater good and success. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I don't mind people who have that allegiance and loyalty of like, hey, I'm not looking anywhere else. But again, to, to see somebody who's passionate about the experience itself, not just the platform, that's what that's what I hope, again, everybody listening gets yeah. to hear is it's, you know, you're somebody who is going to be looking at the stock market as a whole, so to speak, of assets that exist for businesses and constantly looking for, is this going to help my client or not? And then suggest accordingly to to the needs of those you serve. So mm-hmm. I didn't really give you a question there, but I'm like, no, you're good. I'm like, get cool. it. That's fine. Like, Go yeah. ahead. Love it. I'm loving <laughs> what you're putting out there. So um, let's see here. So on Facebook, I thought this was also cool. You've got, you got the opt-in here. If we scroll down, Jaime, a little bit to that post, um, the next post down there, it's got 800 something comments on it for people mm-hmm. who are saying, Hey, um, you know, we would love to have this. This is that eight email sequence um, to install for the six figure coaching clients or looking to fully automate again, not to become robots, yep. not to completely eliminate the need to talk to human beings or work with human beings, but to on to fully automate the onboarding and upsell process. And here's my take on that. Um, if the process of onboarding goes that smoothly and the upsell process goes that smoothly to where I deliver a first class experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the prospect and to the client on the, on the front end, how much happier are they going to be? Mm-hmm. when they actually do interact with me and I show up ready to go, not stressed by systems, not stressed by the process, not having to tell them all the basics. Um, that's what I see happening is you're creating raving fans. Um, so what books would you recommend to help the audience or YouTube channels or courses, whatever mechanism you've utilized, what would you recommend people study to understand how to enhance the customer experience? Ooh, the fun stuff. So one of my favorite ones, <laughs> So um, I like, and I always, I hope I never butcher the name, but near eals hooked, hooked. I'm looking it up now. And especially for those that you have, and this is where I really got into those touch points and that experience and how do we bring people back in. So when people are signing up to work with us, right. And the way that he discusses it is more to with like apps and stuff like that. To me, I translate it into programs and delivery and I'm like, okay, somebody signs up for your program, whether it's hands-on done for you or even a course, how are we always bringing them back in? to get them hooked to always log in. Like how many times have you bought in something, barely got an email and completely forgot you opted into a thing and you don't go back and First you use world it. problems, but been Correct. There. But yes. <laughs> so, right. Um, but it wasn't so, until Brendan Burchard, you right? know, you were there for it. We we're <laughs> yeah. in the VIP and he's like, and this is my funnel. And I was like, I bought that. Yep. <laughs> I, was like, I, I said it was good, but I like, I barely yep. looked at it, you know? <laughs> and that's the thing. Like if we remind people to come back through and be like, Hey, you have this thing. And here's what I recommend to you on like day two, you're bringing them back into where eventually there it's like a habit of, oh, I, I, I remember that I can log into that and get an answer to X, Y, and Z question, right? So hooked is really, really good. And I love it at the beginning where they're like, um, we hope that you use this, you know, this information for good and not evil, right? So you we're not getting people hooked to the wrong things. Like when you talk about algorithms, right? And stuff along that line. But how do we capture their attention? from the beginning to keep them coming back 
and Dude. keep them engaged and keep them working with us. So that was my, so that was a really big touch point thing for me when it came, especially with like a majority of my clients, they're high ticket coaches, but they supplement with a course. Mm-hmm. So how do we make sure your people notice like in the military, one thing that we were always taught when you have a question, did you look three other places before I went to my NCO and asked them like the question? That's their first question. They're like, where else did you look for this information? So for me, for some reason, I get excited about teaching people how to find that information. And then from there, how to take that information and come to a call and ask a specific question based yeah. off of that so you can move faster. So that's um, that's one that I just really, really love um, and have a good oh, time I'm so with. Excited. Yeah. I'm actually going to show it for a minute and I'm actually going to buy it um, while we're talking because <laughs> I uh, there's a couple of reasons why. It's not just the fact that the book was referenced. Um, that I have a system for how I buy books, but we'll we'll talk we'll talk about why this book is going right into my Audible um, in just a second. But you also mentioned the fact that they break down in the book about the not using this stuff to do evil, right? Yeah. It's a resource, it right? It's a resource. You can use fire. To, to burn things and destroy, you can use fire to create light. Um, you know, there, there's so many great things you can do with resources, so many bad things. It's up to you, the user, to decide how you're going to use it. Um, and I think it's so important. And um, I don't mean to, this is not a burn, but again, back to that optimization. And I love that you went up to that, that uh, I don't remember which one you were talking to, but you went up to me and said, oh, Jasper, um, you know, like love this, love this, hate this, um, right? Bill Gates says that you're, the people who hate your product and your service, like you got to listen carefully. Like they are giving you a golden gift of how to improve. Um, and if you can not take it personal, you know, not get offended by it, but hear them out and understand you can probably like, and I'm adding to his words, but you can then start to optimize and create something that they could love and would love. So Brendan did an excellent job at the conference of teaching us about his super simple five slides, um, right? He's a very good teacher. And I was really excited. I, I came home and I was like, all right, let's get this deadline sequence in place. Mm-hmm. Let's get this process in place. And let's make sure to model what Brandon's doing. And, you know, this, again, it's going to sound like a roast, but it's it's just me exposing the reality of his funnel. And it it really irked me. And I was like, man, how do I, how do I sit with this? Because I go and look at his process and I'm going to share my email here. Um, the legends help you build your personal brand 72 hour notice, right? It's all yeah. about helping people understand the scarcity and it's get 50% off and you get, you know, it's, you can only get it as one time offer for 197. And so I click the link and it's now weeks and weeks later and I can still buy the damn thing. That is a reputation destroyer. And I don't care what level you are. I'm like that. And he didn't, he probably doesn't mean to, maybe he's made a mistake with it, but we've got to be careful um, yeah. with, with how we're putting things out there because, and I really like him. We're still, I'm still excited to go to his conference. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there champion the way. Like he's a, I think he's a great guy. I love him. And, and I hope that he optimizes this because that's that type of thing that people, it's hard not to say like, wow, like that's an evil move. You made me buy this, um, you know, when, uh, let me see here, share this tab. I, I didn't do that. There we go. Here, so here's that offer, $197. And it's like, man, if he optimized this, right, to where it had a legitimate sense of scarcity, then now he's not throwing his reputation under the bus, but he's making sure that his user experience is truly authentic. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just like dying to read this book because um, that's, that's, those are the principles I want to keep building on. But here's why. There's 8,000 ratings on this book and how to build habit-forming products. Mm-hmm. If you can turn your product into a healthy habit, there we go. We got it. We're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then you can allow people to start you know, adopting a way of life. Mm-hmm. 
more than you know a product itself or more than just a system they're actually making a behavioral change um and so the concept of i was like oh my goodness this is gamification but not based on again based on games but based on again a little bit of a higher principle in my opinion of the the habit maybe they're not maybe they go hand in hand i like being playful too um but my mind is now racing things to you um so i appreciate i appreciate that a lot oh 100 you're gonna love it i already have a feeling you're gonna read through it and you're like "Ooh, what do i want to play with and implementing like every five minutes just so you know like that's me and reading like i i'm like (laughs) I take forever because I'm I'm consuming it, but I almost yep. like memorize the book in the process. When it's I've like, been going back and rereading because that was one thing I learned recently is like taking the first, like read the first three chapters and then I'll go back and read the same three chapters again before I even move on. And then I'll mm-hmm. reread it. So nice. yeah, so there's certain ones. So once like I have friends that read tons of books and I'm just like me, no slower. And I'm like, what's the yeah. one specific thing that I want to learn right now? And how do yes. I take action and implement on it? And it's so much fun. I love it. Yeah. I take, yeah. I take notes um, yeah. as I read or I'll send audio clips to my team. Mm-hmm. Um, also delicate books. Um, right. And, and yep. allow them to read it and, and then share back the recap with me of mm-hmm. what, how it applies to us. And so there's, there's a lot of ways we can consume yep. uh, the information. Now, Back to the ethical offers. I was just yeah. planning with uh, Ashley of Detail Publishing, um, and she's absolutely amazing. She's one of my best students of all time um, to, to become an entrepreneur. And we were talking about this ethics of scarcity as well. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, like, like Amazon has a great system in place. Um, and she starts teaching me about how Amazon for their books caps your ability to provide discounts um, for certain mm-hmm. periods in certain ways. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like that's the model. That's the model I've been, I've been missing and wanting. And so we're creating this thing called powerfully ethical scarcity. Um, mm. And we're going to take, and, and why it's not because Amazon's not evil. I don't, I don't get in the whole good versus evil battles, but it's because they're so regulated at that level. They've created a model that has been tested with hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars of user experience to know that this is a scarcity play that people will appreciate and that they're used to, which again, if you can, if you can build that model into what you do, now you're, you're building with the best of them, so to speak. But if we can take that and one up it even better, I mean, that, that's what I look at. like, all right, can I take that concept and then improvise it, you know, optimize it to move to that next level? Like, awesome. So you're going to be one of those secret weapon people that I turn to. And I'm like, Hey, Heather, <laughs> how do I, you know, what would you do to this? What would you do to this to improve it? Is that fair? Oh, that's a hundred percent fair. I'm t- I, I love playing. I'm like, to me, I'm like, that's where I put on my hand. I'm like, I sit there and I just geek out. And, but one thing, and this is like with anything and when it comes to scarcity and like what you said, it's like what feels good, right? Like for you, what you saw when you were able to still get the same thing, although it was past 72 hours, like how did that, that made you feel some kind of way? Yeah. So for me, like, and this is where everybody has their own thing, like, and I've had conversations with individuals where they've asked me, they're like, do you discount? I'm like, I don't, I don't ever, ever discount. But what I do is provide. So what I found that feels good for me is because especially there's people that like to pay in full. And if they pay in full, they're like, what's the added value? Do I get a discount? And that's when I really had to sit with it and and be like, what does that feel like for me? But also what does that feel like for them? Like to is my services not good as much if they pay in full what they're delivering? So what I felt gave the most sense, and this is where you get to play with it as a business owner, is instead of discounting, I give them more time in the container. Add value. Yes. I give them additional time 
and where we can work on additional things, right? And instead of like to being like that, so it's just however it plays out, but I feel you on the same way. So it's like for me and like when I'm talking about marketing last minute stuff, like you really have to sit with what feels good. But I am excited to geek out on the Amazon stuff because I haven't been able to play with that. And I've been looking at um, writing a book. So at some point that's going to happen. I'm looking at the different things, right? It's always like, what's the next logical step, right? So then it's looking at that when you reach that point. But I would love to geek out on that and take a look at the flow. A hundred percent. Cool. Awesome. Well, we will. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll be excited to have you. I hope that there's an opportunity. If you have a community too, by all means, let us, let us know about that. Um, we do have one called first class businesses. It, mm-hmm. We just started putting the, the true value together for that. Um, there's about 60 members right now. Um, so it's, it's baby. Um, I've started, stop, started, stop, shifted. Yeah. And we just weren't at the point where we knew enough about the principles of rules for community. Priya Parker, thank you. Right. At the Kajabi <laughs> right? event. It's awesome with that. Um, and we just we just didn't have I didn't have the the full capacity to understand the type of value that was necessary to pull that together in a way where people could interact in a way that was beneficial for everybody. Um, and so we're striving to build that. And uh, you know if you if you want to join us in there, awesome. Um, I know we'll be distributing the episode in there. So it's also great for you to get to know people in there. And I, I interviewed Pua yesterday. We do the same thing. For business, like our business models are almost identical. And, you know, and, and she for a minute was like, oh, are we getting away? I was like, no. I was like, if people want to work with you, that's yes. phenomenal. Like <laughs> if you make somebody a billion dollars and they want to make room for us as a subcontractor, like fantastic. Right. right? If if we want to work with somebody, we want to bring you in like fantastic. It's I don't have a sense of like competitors in the world. I love to compete. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's got to be healthy, you know, like we have to be friends in the process, you know, otherwise, like, I don't even want to be around you. So Heather, uh, thank you you're for, so much for being here, for blessings with your time. And, you know, we'll, of course, stay in touch. Anybody who wants to reach out to Heather, Facebook is the best place uh, to reach out to her. She said, I'm sure you, I've seen her on LinkedIn as well. Um, so your platform of choice from a customer experience standpoint, I'm sure that also matters. And then, of course, you can opt in and get that eight email sequence. It, uh, it can do wonders when you optimize your funnel in a way that nurtures people forward and allows them to um, you know, really connect with your brand before they get to meet you. So Heather, thank you for teaching us all that you did. And Vision Pros have a fantastic time building this week. We will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.